Hi everyone, you're welcome to the Wear Heroes podcast, where we help you gain the clarity to win in your story by modeling the stories of other successful heroes. And to help you on your journey today, we have an amazing guest. He's a Polish-born entrepreneur and executive with vast experience in online emerging markets. He founded Jumia Travel, a part of the Jumia, which is listed on NYSE as Africa's biggest hotel booking portal. He also co-founded HotelOnline.co, a well-known travel technology company in the country. In 2014, he was listed as one of the 10 most important people in tech by IT News Africa magazine. He's also a lead mentor at Google Launchpad. So he's here today to share his story with us so that we can get clear on the steps to take to also win like him. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you an hero. Marek Smyslowski. <laughs> you pronounced my name perfectly. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dave. Uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah, you're welcome. So, Marek, it's a fascinating story on what you've accomplished as a foreign entrepreneur in Africa and with the amazing things you do with your foundation. So, and I'm pretty sure my audience learned a lot from your story today because apart from your other successes, you were the first foreigner to sue the Nigerian police system to court. <laughs> Yeah. So that's a So I I want you to take us back in time, like back to the beginning. How did you get started? Uh, how did I start in uh, Nigeria or how I started uh, in general in my home country, Poland? From Poland, yeah. From Poland, yeah. Yeah, so, huh. You know, my father was a soldier, my mother was a teacher, so I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, uh, we just were, you know, I had very humble beginnings. I, I was never hungry in Poland because my parents had the money to feed me, but that was it. There was really no money ever for some kind of an entertainment or travel or anything else. And at the same time, I had a lot of friends in school that had way more money than me. And I always kind of felt jealous for them. And uh, I wanted to do something else than my parents to have more money. And and when I look at my parents, obviously being a teacher wouldn't make me money, being a soldier wouldn't make me money. But I saw that my friends, my friends' parents, they all have some kind of companies. So I just told myself, I also want to have a company because apparently that's how you can make more money and have a better life. So I kind of jumped into entrepreneurship, not knowing anything what it is. It was just for me, the only chance I could see to to have a better life because I could have more money. So that's how it started really. And um, the, the first money I've made was in the financial sector because when I was 19 and I dropped out of the university, the only job I could get uh, without any diploma was really in the financial sector as a salesman. They didn't care what you, uh, where you study as long as you can find clients. So w- without having any diploma, this was the only thing I could do. So that's how I started. 
and and that's where I really made first good money because I was working so hard. I had 10 meetings per day with clients, and just by statistics, I was able to get more deals than my friends who would only have three meetings per day. And then after two years, when I was able to raise some, you know, save some money. Um, just by accident, I kind of fell in love with startups because I saw CNN. Uh, it's in my book actually. I saw those guys uh, from Silicon Valley sitting in Starbucks drinking soya lattes, uh, typing something on their fancy laptops, and apparently making millions. And I remember saying to myself, "If these guys can do it, I can do it as well." So there was really no strategy behind it. It was just a series of coincidences, and then I decided to, to you know, just take a shot at it. Okay, so like, like, when do you decide to come to Nigeria from Poland? How do yeah. you decide? How do you yeah. decide? To come to so that was another uh, coincidence because I didn't really want to come to Africa because I didn't know anything about this continent or the country of Nigeria. I just yeah. wanted to work for this big company called Rocket Internet because that was already three years into my adventure as an online entrepreneur in Poland. And I realized that because I dropped out of university, I never really got the proper education and I never really met the right people. I never worked for any international company. So I had no knowledge how to build a company because I never worked for one. So I decided that I need to take a step back to learn something about entrepreneurship. And I really wanted to work for this German company called Rocket Internet because they were international. They were had offices in so many countries all over the world. And I just went to them and I told them, uh, I want to work for you for a year or two. Like, like it's treated as an MBA. Uh, it's just a practical MBA. And, and teach me how to do it. And I'll, I'll be working for less money because I just, wanted, I just want your knowledge. And I was just super lucky because they said, you know, we're actually planning to invest in Nigeria. And we want to open some businesses there. So you may want to join us because um, we're looking for crazy guys like you. <laughs> uh, and, and they said, you can start working with us. Um, and if you succeed, you can, you can stay longer. And, and they told me, let's, do, let's go to Nigeria. So I really had nothing to lose. And I decided to, to join the team and join the company. And, and they sent me here. And that's how my adventure started. And it's been already, oh Jesus, uh, eight years almost. Uh, so without any um, certificate or anything, you, you secured a job in that place. And so like, was it not taxable for you like coming to Nigeria? How was it? Yeah, so, uh, so I got my first job in finance because I made a good impression and I didn't, they didn't need a diploma. The reason why Rocket Internet hired me, which is this German company that, that they sent me to Nigeria, is because I already had a big experience. I was working in this finance business and I had my own yeah. online company, a small one in Poland, but I still had one and I had this experience. So they really looked at my experience more than my diploma again. And I was lucky. Um, and then, you know, when I arrived in Nigeria, I think that was, that was your question. Everything was so new for me. <laughs> uh, it was just, you know, um, on, on so many levels, both the business is run in so many different ways than in Europe. 
you have infrastructure challenges. Many things in Nigeria are easier to get done, but many things are harder to get done. But everything is done differently, so you have to learn about this. And also culturally, you know, I, I come from Poland and Poland is a very homogenic country. You know, 95% of people are Polish, they are white and they are Christian. There were really no foreigners when I was brought up. So I also had to learn how to deal with other cultures. Uh, and because I never lived abroad, I quickly jumped, I, then I jumped to Nigeria. It was like a jump into very deep water. So, you know, getting used to local customs, the way people talk to each other, the way people treat each other, what is yeah. considered as nice, what is considered as not nice, not to do anything stupid in public. Uh, it was all super challenging, yeah. but fun. But at the, same, at the same time, exciting and fun. Okay. Well, before going into Nigeria, like I want you to take me back. Like when you were in Poland, you started a company yourself. Can Can you tell me about that? Because I, when I read your book, like you have a fantastic selling scheme. Like <laughs> and like I want, to, I want to take me back um, when you were like in Poland. Your company, how was it there? Starting up at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um... When I was starting my first company in Poland, I knew that I wanted this to be an online company because I really loved that, that thought of running your business from your laptop, which is a lie. I can tell you that, that is a lie, but at least that's what everyone thinks, that if you have an online company, you can run from a laptop. Um, uh, but at the same time, I didn't like competition. And I could see that there's so many young other people like me, even smarter than me, having more skills, also opening businesses in the internet. So I wanted to find a sector where all of these potential competitors of mine will not enter. So I was searching for very strange sectors until I found the funeral business. Because uh, not too many young people want to have a funeral business because it's not a nice business to have, to be honest. There are many more cooler businesses. But my my approach was I can bring some change because I know technology and marketing in this business and at the same time not many people like me will want to do the same thing because the business is scary so that's how I kind of protected myself from potential competition and it actually worked because I was running this business for three years and I didn't really have any competition I mean the business had challenges because the market was challenging and it wasn't big enough but there was no one like me that would, was a young guy with technology background or a finance background to enter funeral business. So I was right about that particular thing. I was wrong about so many other things. But this particular one, I was good. I was right. Interesting. So, like, what was the like biggest lesson you learned at that time, starting as an entrepreneur at that time? Because, like, I think it would be um, good yeah. for about that. So. That lesson was uh, was a realization that I went into business too fast. Because first of all, I dropped out of university to open a business, and I never really worked for a proper company. So I didn't get any type of background, nor the educational one, nor the practical one. I wanted to be like Bill Gates or Zuckerberg. So drop out of Harvard, and then 10 years later, you're the richest man in the world. It doesn't work like this. They are just exception of the rule. Uh, 
if you want to increase your chances of becoming successful, you want to take your time to study and you want to take your time to work for someone else first. So that was my biggest lesson. This is why I wanted to work for someone in Nigeria. Okay, that's that's great. So I okay, I want to take us to Nigeria now. When you were in Nigeria, like your first experience in Nigeria, how was it like? Like, was it like what you've been expecting before and everything? Ah no, it was. I didn't really know what to expect because I had no knowledge about Nigeria. I could I could only you know read some articles about Boko Haram, some Nigerian scams. That's what you read on the internet, and. And some stupid YouTube videos about girls talking about that they have many boyfriends. Some like some crazy, you know, things recorded on YouTube. So that wasn't the proper research. And, and uh, but you know, Rocket Internet, the company I worked with, or they gave me all those analysis, all those research about the country that the economy is booming. That you can you can build business, you can make money there, etc. So I had this conflict of what I read on the internet, which is scary. That, you know, and then you what you see in the number when you look at it as an entrepreneur. So I had this internal conflict, and then I remember I landed in Lagos at the airport. I was flying from Dubai, so you can imagine the difference between the Dubai airport and Lagos airport. And then I land in Lagos airport, and the first thing that happens is that the power goes off. <laughs> so and, and yeah. so and obviously I, I had to wait four hours for my luggage because they, you know it got stuck somewhere at the airport. So I got the I got the Nigerian treatment very fast. <laughs> uh, but you know it was never really uh, because of so many so many differences. You could either hate it or love it, and I was lucky now that I actually loved it. Yeah. Um, People, I considered people in Nigeria as being very um, extrovert. They they like you, they will tell you. They don't like you, they will tell you as well. So they will always show their emotions. I, think, I mean, not always, but many people are way more extrovert than in Europe. Um, people are also much louder in the way they speak, uh, they behave, because that's how they show their emotions. Um, in Europe, everyone is so quiet, they're afraid to, to, to you know, do any any abrupt moves. So, okay. so all that was uh, very exciting for me. And you know, even with the fact that my first Christmas there was no snow, yeah, because Poland is a very cold country. And my first Christmas I spent in Lagos, and we were on the beach under a palm, which was so surreal for me. Like, how is it possible that you're in December and there's no snow and you're not cold and you don't have to wear free jackets? So everything was so new for me. Yeah, that's interesting. So, um, so your first day in Nigeria, like, you, did you going to work immediately? And like, I was like, tell me more about that. Yeah. So, um, I was responsible for building the online travel business, Trovago. I was called back then, and we basically needed to build a website where people can book hotels. And in order to do that, first you need to have the website, then you need to find the hotels to put them on the website, and then you need to find the people that will go on the website and book those hotels. So building the website part was not hard because you just build the MVP, the minimum viable product. So we did that in a couple of weeks. And then you had to just go to the market and I had to find hotels in Lagos and convince them to work with me and convince them to pay me commission if I bring them clients. 
So um, I didn't hire anyone. Uh, first, first 500 hotels we were able to find in Lagos. I was visiting on my own and I was talking to all the hotel managers and all the hotel owners to really understand how the business is done in Lagos and how these people run the business and what they're willing to do with me, what they're not willing to do with me. So that was the biggest lesson for me to really understand how much even I can charge them. Will they pay me 10% for every client or will they pay me 20%? Where, where's the pain point? And only after I was able to build confidence that I think I know what I'm doing, uh, um, that's where we started building team and I was able to delegate tasks and, and hire virtually. Yeah, because when, when I read your book, like, it's um, fascinating because like the first day you were able to com- convert more than 48 hotels. Like, how did you develop your business skills like, at that time? Um, well, at this stage, I think my sales skills were, were developed because I've been already running businesses in Poland for many years. So that kind of came uh, naturally for me as, as soon as I realized what works, what doesn't work. But I think, you know, the way, the best way to develop sales skills is first of all, believe in what you're selling because then the sales just comes naturally. If you're selling something you don't believe in yourself, your subconsciousness will always stop you. And um, I think what worked for me also is that I wasn't paying attention when someone told me no. I didn't treat it personally. Many people really get upset when they can't do a sale and they take it personally and they, and they just stop, they get depressed. And for me, you know, if I had 10 meetings per day and eight people told me no, I didn't care because I still had two people that told me yes. And I focus only on those things. So as cheesy as it sounds, sales is about statistics and uh, not letting someone saying no influence your emotions. Yeah. Like, do, you, do you think uh, the reason you were able to develop your selling skills was because of um, you are the mentor because you talk about having someone that that mentored you in sales, like your manager or something. I want you to share those experiences. So I didn't really have any mentor at Jobago. I was on my own. Um, I had a real mentor in my first business, my first company in the finance one in Poland. Because I was 19, I didn't know anything, and there was this guy who was just. That he was the founder of the company and he saw something in me and he decided he will report that directly to me because I see you can you can do better. And basically what he did is at the end of every day we would have a phone call and I would tell him everything that happened to me and whatever happened to me negative, he would explain me why it happened, he would tell me what to change to then come back again next day and see if the change worked. And then he would also take out the negative emotions from me. uh, And he taught me how to deal with rejection. And then when something worked, he he told me why this worked. And this way he enforced on me the positive habit. So he was really coaching me day by day at the end of the day. And uh, that was extremely helpful. Okay, that's great. So tell us about your experience, like after combating more people, like 
for that sales? Like, what was the next thing that happened with that goal? Can you tell me? Tell us so, tell me Javago, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. long story short, I was with Javago, which then became Jumia Travel for four years. I earned my shares uh, and I decided to leave and take my shares and open another business. And I decided to stay in Nigeria because I love this country so much. I opened a software company and unfortunately, I invited the wrong people to do business with me because I invited someone that I knew only for a couple months and I thought he's a nice guy and I thought he would be a good partner for my business. And that's where my first mistake was done. Business is like marriage. You don't marry someone you just met because most of the times it will be a good choice. And unfortunately yeah. I did that. And, and long story short, at some point this person, he was a local guy, he lived in Nigeria for 30 years. He essentially decided that he doesn't need me to run this business anymore. He can do it on his own. And because he was a very ruthless businessman in Nigeria, he found a way which is not totally legal to kick me out of the company. Uh, basically, he told me that I'm either going to give him the business for free, he wants to take over, I'm, I'm removed from the board, and I'm giving him my shares, or he's going to bribe the Nigerian police and put me to jail. That was basically an offer I couldn't refuse. And I think where he underestimated me, because also he, he thought that I'm weaker and he thought I'm an easy target, is that I decided to fight this, this blackmail, essentially. And I essentially took lawyers and I took uh, Nigerian police to court, which is what was that police that was bribed by him. And uh, it took me two years. And I was able to prove in court that the Nigerian police was bribed and that it was all a blackmail. And this way I defended the company and obviously I'm not doing business with this gentleman anymore. Okay, tell us about uh, when you were in prison, like, like at that point in time, when you were in prison, like how was it like? Can you repeat the question because I lost you? Like when you were, when you were in prison, like, in prison. Yeah. Luckily for me, I only spent one night in prison. And yeah. it wasn't a prison in Nigeria, it was a prison in Poland. Because the way the, the global system works is that once Nigerian police issued an arrest warrant after me, which was fake, it was illegal. But no one checks this, they just put it into the global system. It works a little bit like like Facebook. Everyone that has Facebook account can post something online. But if someone posts something that belongs to you or that they don't have the right to post this, you can ask them 1,000 times or you can you can threaten them. If they don't, they don't take it down, you can't really do much. You can apply to Facebook, you can ask Facebook for help, but it's going to take Facebook months, if not years, to re respond. Which is the whole point of the blackmail. Because it's, it makes more sense for you to pay them to take it down, instead of going the legal road. So I was stopped in Poland because I was, I was 
I was in Nigeria, then I went to the Dominican Republic, see my girlfriend, and then we went for Christmas uh, to, uh, to to my family in Poland. And at that stage, they already wanted the company from me. I told them I will never give them the company. They, 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 you know, they, they threatened me that they would issue an arrest warrant. I didn't really believe them, but they actually did that. So I was stuck in Poland for one day when this arrest warrant was put into the system. And it took the Nigerian, the, sorry, the Polish court, one day to realize that this arrest warrant is fake. And it's, it, there's something shady around it. But before they make that decision in Poland, I was stuck in jail. And to be honest, I didn't know what's going to happen. I actually thought that I lost. I thought that this whole blackmail of putting me to jail is working. Because I knew what's going to happen to me now. They were supposed to send me to Nigeria. They would keep me in Nigerian jail, probably Kirikiri in Lagos, that's this famous jail. And they would keep me there as long as it was needed for me to finally sign the papers to give them my company. And, and I was extremely lucky that I was able to convince the Nigerian prosecutor, the Polish prosecutor, that this is all shady and fake, and he didn't send me to Nigeria. And that allowed me to actually fight the case legally from Poland. Because if I was in Nigeria, I wouldn't have a chance to defend it. Um, but when I was, when I spent that one night in jail, um, it was it was a life changing experience. It was like being reborn again. I went through all stages of grief. I couldn't believe it. Then I was so frustrated. I was so angry. I wanted to kill everyone. All those guys that did it. I was just, uh, you know, telling myself, if I get out, I'm going to strangle them with my own hand. Then I was so depressed after a couple hours. I thought my life is over. And then after a couple hours, when I couldn't cry anymore, I started to think sober and I started to plan what I can do and how to get out of this. So this is like four stages of grievance that happened in one night. So a very, very uh, extreme experience and one of the most important experiences of my life. Yeah, can you tell me more about that? Like, like what was the biggest lesson you learned at the time when you were in prison? Like, for some people that are not used to it, like, what was, what was the biggest lesson you learned at, at that time? What was the biggest lesson of that night spent in prison? Uh, I think there was no lesson while I was there, <laughs> but when I got out and everything everything turned out to be positive for me, I realized that there is actually no point in being depressed for too long because it's not going to change anything. So the only thing you can do is when you're in a situation when you're helpless, is just either let it go and, and try to not think about this if it's possible or you can spend that time productively and, and just plan things that can happen just build a strategy in your head go through the worst possible scenario in your head and go through the most positive scenario in your head because once you play those scenarios in your head over and over again you are prepared for anything because it already has happened in your head so when they took me out of jail I was ready for any decision. I was ready to be sent to Nigeria. I was ready to be sent to the free because I was prepared in my head for any scenario. 
So the lesson is not planned strategy, play it over and over in your head, get yourself familiar. So you don't allow your emotions to take over anymore. Yeah, that's interesting. So like when, when you um, got out of prison, so what was the next thing you did at that time? Well, the first thing that I did what was the... I hired lawyers. I hired lawyers, a lot of lawyers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I needed a lawyer in Nigeria. I needed a lawyer in Poland. I needed a lawyer in France because the headquarters of the global police, the Interpol is in France. And uh, I knew that I had to build a team of people that will now help me fight this case. So my lawyers in Poland had to go to Polish court to get their formal approval that whatever happens to me in Nigeria is fishy and the Polish court will never execute serious. Then I had to uh, go to court in France and I had the global police admitted a mistake because when they looked at the papers from Nigeria, they admitted their mistake that this arrest warrant has happened. And then I did the most crazy way, which is we went to the federal court in Abuja and we took the Nigerian police to court and we told them that this is illegal and they have to admit their mistake, they have to apologize and then they have to pay me damages. <laughs> and, and that's what we did. The Nigerian federal court admitted that whatever happened to me was illegal and should have never happened in the first place and the police was forced to pay me uh, $10,000 which is just a symbolic amount of damages. I paid the lawyers way more but at least I have the moral victory uh, here. So it took me two years and during those two years to be honest I couldn't really focus much on anything else than this case. Uh, I was writing my book about this because I knew it's a crazy story and, and I have to write it down because you know, it's just such, such, such a crazy thing that happened to me. And, and then I was trying to continue my business, which was almost impossible because you, you're not in Nigeria, that's one, and two, you can't focus on business because you just keep thinking about this court case and, and your freedom being threatened. So it was very, very tough two years of my life. Yeah, so that, that was when you started writing. Oh yeah, yeah I started yeah. fighting, fighting the moment I left the jail, <laughs> prison. So like, tell me, tell me about writing. Like, how was it for you? Like, first time you started writing. Like, can you tell me about the process of writing? Um, very painful at once, at first. Um, I think everyone is struggling to write because it may be easy to think about something, but then it's pretty painful to put your thoughts from your head onto paper. But what's cool is that if you do this every day, even for five minutes, it gets easier day after day after day. And I started writing for 10 minutes every day. And then after a month, I was writing half an hour every day. And then after three months, I was writing two hours every day. And it was just like, like nothing to flow. And it was also, it was also very emotional for me because I was writing about stuff that are happening right now. So uh, it, it was not easy to do this. But at the same time, it was also very healthy for me because it was like just, you know, releasing everything that was sitting in myself. It was like a psychological therapy to write about. So when I finished this book, I also 
finished this chapter of my life, both literally and figuratively, because I finished the chapter of my life and I finished the chapter in the book. So it was a great, great way to summarize that, that part of my life. Yeah, okay. What would be the advice you give every entrepreneur? Like, I hear you. Advice, okay. To read a lot of books, never give up. It's it's nothing. It's nothing you have never heard, but there's no there's no there's no mystery knowledge here. There's no hidden knowledge. Everyone knows what needs to do, what needs to be done, but not too many people stick to it. So for everyone that wants to get to your goal, I to be expecting from the book. More of your stories and like I want to like talk to us about. No, you're breaking up. Um, you know, the book is a combination of of business knowledge and personal life story because it shows my journey uh, from being a teenager in high school, being bullied, through my experience as a businessman in Poland, and then last eight years in Africa which has given me extremely positive experience, you know, which is putting a company on the New York Stock Exchange, but also extremely negative, which is dealing with corruption and uh, criminals in Nigeria. And, and uh, so there's a lot of crazy stories that happened to me, which probably may be interesting for the readers. But what my real goal is to pass the business insights and business knowledge that I collected myself when I was running those businesses. So every story in this book has this entertainment part, but also has this business part. So that's how I wanted to combine it. And that's the, the whole premise of the book. Because like when I was reading the book, I, just, I just found myself laughing through those posters. Like it was exciting. And for everyone listening to this, like you have to get this book because it's fantastic. And you get to learn from Malek's experience in Nigeria and other things. And one thing to keep in mind again is that Malek is not getting information from this book and when you get the book you are donating to a charity. I think that's an amazing thing to do. Alright Malek, before we end this podcast, we, uh, do you mind if you play a game? Play a game? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What's the game about? I would say a word of phrase and you tell me what word comes to mind. Okay, time. just can you can you turn off the video so we can save on the connection so I can hear you better. Okay, let me turn Okay. Alright, so now I should hear you better. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. Alright, so start up. Okay, you tell me a word, yeah, and I I have to tell you a word that comes to my mind, yeah? Ah you yeah, yeah. said start startup, startup. Uh, okay, so my answer is uh, hustle. Awesome. <laughs> okay, Nigeria. Fun. Uh, sales. Money. Success. Money. <laughs> okay, entrepreneurship. Problems. Okay. Writing. Pain. Pain. I love yeah. that. Um, clarity. Clarity. Uh, peace. And um, the last one. 
Are you ready? Yeah. Relationship. Uh, pain again. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, one more. This is the last one. Um, Marek. Yeah. <laughs> What's the word? The word is Marek. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. my, my word for Marek. Yes. So my the first thing that comes to my mind is rebel. What did you say? What did you say? <laughs> I said rebel. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. I don't think I'm reading it for that, but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Alright, thank you for joining us. Cool. Thank you so much. My, my pleasure. Sorry for the internet connection. Uh, let me know when this is live so I can post it. Alright, thank you. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye bye. Yeah.